David Shoebridge, good morning to you, David. How are you? Yeah, good, Marcus. Uh, how are you this week? Not bad, mate. Uh, yep. We are inching closer to so-called freedoms as we get to, uh, closer to 70 and then 80%. Of course, there'll be mm. some major changes. And who knows, maybe Parliament might get back in New South Wales. <laughs> well, we can only hope so. I'm rather keen on, on doing the job I've been paid for and getting back to Parliament. Although, you know, we have a lot of committee work and committee and COVID oversight work. In fact, um, one of the things we've got on this week, on Wednesday, um, is in, in the morning we'll be looking at some of those highly contentious grants. Yeah. Oh, sorry, on Thursday, in the morning we'll be looking at some of those highly contentious grants, but in the afternoon we will have uh, the Chief Health Officer, Kerry Chant, and some other senior officers in to, to be testing what the medical advice is, what the health advice is on some of this roadmap stuff, because... You know, there's a lot of information to digest. I don't think the public is getting the full version, and we want to make sure as much of that evidence is on the public record as possible. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Um, what did you make of this announcement yesterday, uh, before we get to the Bowerville situation? Uh, the announcement yesterday of a, of a new so-called national park out at Shane's Park. I know that area quite well. Western Sydney's national park, they're calling it. Hundreds of hectares of bushland will be rewilded with koalas, emus and quolls and other species that once roamed the area as part of the creation of a new national park in what's been dubbed the biggest urban wildlife restoration project in Australia's history. The 500 hectare conservation area will serve as an arc surrounded by six, a six foot high feral proof fence to keep out foxes and cats. Um, they reckon wildlife that will be returned to this area include koalas, emus, long-nosed bandicoots, burrowing, betongs and all the rest of it. Uh, mm. What did you make well, of I this mean, decision? Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's excellent we're getting um, 500 hectares being rewilded. But at the same time, it's and, and you know, uh, we, we would support that. But yeah. at the same time, we're seeing the same government clearing a bunch of koala habitat in southwest Sydney for more housing development. Um, this is the same government that's passed uh, native title, na- native vegetation laws that have seen a-, a massive explosion of clearing of native vegetation across New South Wales, yeah. not only putting species like koalas, but other iconic species to the brink of extinction. Um, you know, 500 hectares in, in, the, uh, in Western Sydney, great. That's terrific. Um, but it goes nowhere near... Um, addressing the balance that we need because we're, we're losing as much as that every day just for housing development, putting to one side the massive clearing we're seeing, particularly in northwest New South Wales, of native vegetation. And that's pushing iconic species like the koala right to the brink of extinction. Well, that's right. I mean, uh, at last reports, there were some suggestions that there were, you know, only around 3,000 koalas left in the wild. Yeah, and, and, and New South Wales has been savagely hit because we've had the, 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 the triple whammy. First of all, we had the drought. Um, then we added on to that massive land clearing, mm. and then we got the fires. And surely now it's time to revisit those laws that were rushed through in 2016 at the push of big corporate farming interests to, to enable, you know, wide-scale um, land clearing across. And it's really hit the northwest, but it's not just the northwest of New South Wales. Yeah, But we need to revisit those laws. We need to keep what we've got. I mean, what we're seeing in Western Sydney is an attempt to rebuild and rewild. That's great. But the real conservation battle is keeping what we've got and not having a bulldoze for either housing development or yet more broad-scale farming.
All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, not forgotten the ongoing fight to solve the Bowerville murders, David. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of this year, it'll be 31 years since the, the first murder. We've had three Aboriginal kids um, murdered in the township of, of Bowerville, now coming up to 31 years ago was the first murder. Um, uh, Clinton, Evelyn and, and Colleen. And, and those families... Um, have been fighting for justice for three decades. And they have been fighting not just to, to bring what most people think is a serial murderer to, to justice, but they've had to fight the police. They've had to fight the state. They've had to fight the system. Um, a few people know, but when the initial investigation happened, when little um, Evelyn, little four-year-old, disappeared, yeah. it wasn't being investigated as a murder. It was originally being investigated as a child protection matter. They were looking to the family not looking for a murderer. The, the, the family went to the police and said, little four-year-old Evelyn, who was never more than, you know, three feet away from her parents' and grandparents' legs, mm-hmm. they said, we can't find her, it's lost. This was a concern about the second potential murder in, in the community. And the police's initial response was, oh, she's probably just gone walkabout, probably just gone walkabout. A little four-year-old girl mm-hmm. who was never more than, you know, a metre away from her family. That was the initial response. And, and, and that kind of systemic racism in the initial response has actually been accepted by the New South Wales police. And um, Andrew Scipioni, the former police commissioner, went up and apologised to the community um, for that systemic racism in the initial response. But here we are three decades on, still no justice. Um, And there was a documentary last night on SBS. And if you you haven't seen it, uh, you didn't see it last night, you can watch it on on, on SBS, um, play it back on, on the SBS on oh, you're on the format. app, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, SBS um, on demand, and uh, you can. Re- I'll put a link up to it because I think it's a very important story, and these children must not be forgotten. Absolutely not. Well, Marcus, can you imagine if three three kids from the North Shore of Sydney yeah. have been killed by a most almost everybody thinks killed by the same person, killed in a serial murder, yep. killed by a serial murder? Do you think thirty one years on, we'd still be arguing about whether or not it was right to change the law? And in this case. They really need the law changed to allow for a retrial. Now, there have been two trials yeah. um, of individual murders um, against the same suspect. Um, and, and in none of those cases could all the evidence be presented. Because what's compelling about this case is the similarities between all three of the murders. Mm. And all three murders need to be before the same jury. That's never happened. They've had one and then they've had another. And then they've never had a trial for, um, for, for the murder of Colleen and... Um, no, the families deserve are. a lot better, David. You're right, absolutely. Um, and uh, we need to have a, a reassessment of what happened at Bowerville and we need to get some sort of closure one way or another uh, for these families. Yeah, yeah indeed. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm, I and most, um, well, pretty much every, um, every, every objective observer is deeply critical of the initial police response. Um, they initially didn't send up, even send up a homicide investigator. Yeah. So the person who was leading, by the time they realised they had a, a potential serial murder on their, on their hands, they sent up a police officer who I think was a genuine person but was woefully inequipped to do it. Uh, that continued to break the relationship between the families, the communities and the police. But, no, it's no good. you know, there have been extraordinary police involved in it. Uh, Gary Jubelin um, yes. was eventually sent up, um, uh, an extraordinary, talented homicide investigator. He and his team of analysts and people working under him spent years re- rebuilding that relationship with the families, rebuilding the relationship with the community, and they have been pressing in Parliament, in court, everywhere mm. they can to get some justice. But we, um, 
we can't forget the families. No, absolutely not. We can't forget the call for justice. No, and hopefully this uh, documentary that aired last night on SBS uh, will go some way into reigniting what should be uh, a, a passionate uh, resolution to this issue of the uh, of the Bowerville murders. David, thank you for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, Marcus. Good speaking.